What's up, everybody? Nick Hagen from Capacity Performance Therapy, leading a discussion-based podcast on three things every CrossFit athlete should be doing. We have the CrossFit Open coming up soon with a lot of people all over the country doing whatever workout is prescribed. Um, and I just wanted to review some principles that I think the CrossFit programming has missed. Um, I'm currently located inside an awesome CrossFit gym, Oregon CrossFit. The way they do things is great where, you know, the program design is really meant for strength and conditioning and long-term function where, you know, the risk for injury and such is very minimal. And I think in general, CrossFit has progressed a lot in the last five to 10 years where it's less about max reps of Olympic lifting to failure and more about truly building strength along functional movement patterns. But the CrossFit program design that typically we'll see is a lot of compound movements like thrusters, cleans, um, jerk, um, obviously any sort of the traditional power lifting as well, including bench and squat and deadlift and so forth. There's also more gymnastics-based movements like muscle-ups or handstands. And then there's more some traditional accessory work like rows and carries, etc. Um, I think overall the program design is great. You really build a robust athlete, someone that can function in the real world, but also have you know an ideal physique if that's their goal. But with the programming that's done, there's some gaps. And as with a golfer, as with a runner, usually what they're doing is golfing and running. And when they get to their training, they do a lot more of golfing and running. And usually what we need to do is try to counter some of the asymmetrical loading in the sport, try to counter some of the repetitive loading. So again, with CrossFit, it's very bilateral. It's very complex movement, and it's typically very sagittal plane. So by that, I mean both feet are usually on the ground, either in a split stance or a square stance. Um, Movements are typically in the sagittal plane, which means movements usually more forward and backwards. Um, And there's very little rotational movements. So if I'm working with a CrossFit athlete more in the kind of performance therapy setting where we're trying to combat dysfunctions, either maybe they have pain, but also build a more robust athlete, there's three things that we'll like to focus on. So the first thing is single leg training. So in CrossFit, usually you might see rear foot elevated split squat. You might see lunges forward, backwards. Um, You might see like a clean and jerk where they get into that split squat position. Uh, walking lunges, whatever the scenario may be. And a lot of those, they'll consider unilateral training because you are trying to bias one leg more than the other, but your body is smart. So if there is dysfunction, there's going to be compensation. So even though you're doing a lunge and trying to bias one leg more than the other, if there is dysfunction, your body's going to compensate and try to unload the involved leg and have the other leg help. Even with the rear foot elevated split squat, that back leg is doing a whole lot more work. And the cool thing about truly being in a unilateral pattern is you're actually all training all three planes of motion at once. So let's say I'm doing a single leg box squat with my non-involved leg floating in the air. That involved leg on the ground is gonna be moving in the linear sagittal plane forward and back, but it is controlling against the frontal plane sideways and the transverse plane. So a lot of the unilateral base movements are really imperative for the CrossFit athlete to combat CrossFit training. 
So that could be a single leg box squat. That could be single leg stance trunk rotations. That could be single leg RDLs to airplanes. That could be um, single leg Spanish squats. So there's a lot of different movements, but what it's really going to force is that foot stability and overall three planes of motion control and whatever the leg is usually the issue. So one thing we want to try to incorporate is single leg training. The next thing is incorporating rotation, incorporating rotation. So <clears throat> rotation, obviously huge for like baseball, golf, those rotatory sports, but we have to be able to control rotation no matter who we are. The visual that I like to think about is rotation is really trying to control the joint on axis. So in a healthy joint, you should be able to pivot and rotate 300 and theoretically, whatever range is available, 100 and 360 degrees, whatever the joint is in either direction in a nice stacked neutral position. And you're really going to be controlling the joint through its full range of motion and thus getting full stability around the joint. So for instance, controlling glenohumeral rotation with internal external rotation, controlling femoral acetabular or hip rotation with different hip rotation drills, and even controlling spine rotation. Rotation is arguably the most functional movement to control, but is also the hardest to control. So if you have dysfunction, it's not really where you're going to start, but it should be what we all try to progress to. So some examples of some rotation drills to do. Uh, one primary rotation drill that I love is like a, a half kneel chop or lift. So that's where you're in a half kneel on one knee position. You have a relatively narrow stance and you're either pulling the band from above or from below and doing like a rotatory chopping or lifting movements. You're going to get anti-rotation for your below your uh, trunk. You're going to get rotation-based strength for above your trunk and you're connecting your arms to your body. Um, another rotation based drill that I really like is just doing single leg trunk, single leg stance trunk rotations where you're on one leg, you're rotating your pelvis around a fixated leg. So you're learning how to control pelvis on extremity versus extremity on pelvis. That's a great lower body one, or even just doing some good old like single leg stance fire hydrants or some traditional more hip glute stability stuff with a rotation biased. For the upper quarter of the arms, I love internal external rotation at 90. I love external rotation neutral presses where you're kind of doing more of this like uppercutting motion trying to control against rotation. But rotation is a huge thing that's often missed in the CrossFit program design. The third and probably equally as important thing that most CrossFit folks are missing in traditional program design or static or postural controls. So the sport in its nature is very dynamic, functional compound, which is awesome, which is the whole point. But when you have a kink in your armor, when you have inefficiency, you need to learn how to control static postures to get that local stability or that intrinsic stability to then produce distal mobility force or movement. So, you know, let's say you have somebody with a cranky back can they control their thoracic block over their pelvic block and maybe the frontal or sideways plane and the sagittal plane against rotation? Um, let's say they have chronic ankle instability. Can they control their ankle, their talus being underneath their mortise with equal weight through the inside and outside of their foot 
in a single leg stance, in a step up, in a lateral lunge, in a 3D lunge matrix. So trying to teach people what a quote unquote efficient or appropriate core first alignment is to create that proximal stability and then trying to get dynamic off of it. So teach static, teach breathing, teach appropriate alignment so then they can build into more load, speed, multiple planes of motion. So again, three things that I think every CrossFit athlete should try to supplement with their program, single leg work, rotation-based work, static postural control, that idea of creating proximal stability before distal mobility. So hope some of that's beneficial. Doesn't mean you need to do all of it. I guarantee if you're a CrossFit athlete, you could gain from some of it. If you're in more of the rehab setting, think about those pillars. Hopefully start using it with your athlete management. All right, guys, take care and more fun stuff to come. Thank you.